Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along, if you must, to another Melchester Odyssey. We are looking at uh, all issues of Roy the Rovers. If this is your first time, uh, why would it be, though? And I have in my left hand... The 16th of June, 1984 issue of Roy of the Rovers. And all the scenes that you will see. Um, Melchester have just won the FA Cup. It's a special commemorative uh, poster cover, which was advertised in the last issue. So as such, there's no strap line across the top telling us who might be in the centre pages. You can try and guess anyway if you want, Sam, who might be in the centre pages. Is there no clue at all? I'm not going to give you any okay, clues. Uh, guess. Charlie Nicholas. Oh, so close. Yeah? One more guess. Oh, I'll give you another guess. Goalkeeper. Goalkeeper. Same club. I'm, so I'm, I'm transmitting was, it to you now, psychically, club, right? Or was it the same nationality? Oh. No, neither. Oh. I, well, it wasn't close at all when I said so close. Oh, okay. I'm no transmitting it to you, psychically. Mm. Goalkeeper. I'm going to say it's the Peter Hucker. You almost got it. It was Peter Shilton. Oh! Shilts. <laughs> Yet again, confounded by Shilts. <laughs> Peter Shilton, Southampton, looking old there, even though it's 1984. He's still another six years to play for yeah. England before Italian 90. Lovely where, head of curly hair. A bit like, sort of slightly <laughs> Afro vibes, wasn't it, his hair? Yeah. I came across his autobiography the other day in a second-hand shop and I thought, hmm, is this diveable, I wonder? I had a bit of a flick through it and no, it's it's really not. Yeah. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of dull self-aggrandising in bet, there. I bet, I bet. Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> like I use yeah. those kind of memoirs as what I call palate cleansers. So, yeah. I, you know, I'll go through a period maybe of reading challenging novels or, you know, mm-hmm. like something non-fiction that's a bit political and quite, you know, it's a, it's a drag. And then very often... This year's I, Booker Prize winner, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and then sometimes after one of those, 
before I move on to my next book, I need something. Yeah. So I always like to read something before I nod off at night. And I will yes. just go, right, I'm going to get the most fucking superficial, like fucking knocked out, phoned in sportsman memoir I can find. <laughs> this could be the one and for you. And I quite enjoy And if they're self-aggrandizing and they've got elements of bitterness, if they're basically like the sort of thing that Alan Partridge's book was based on, then yeah. I'm there for it because you do it in like one or two evenings and I just, I find them entertaining. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I looked at it and I thought, is this David? But I thought, well, it hasn't got the effervescence of the Kevin Keegan book. No, I mean, that, I, mean? That, I found the- that actually legitimately good because he'd made an effort because a lot of them just don't even make an effort to remember anything that's what bothers me keegan had remembered loads of details in really hilarious detail so to me it was a cut above right um but you know some like a lot of them i can't remember who i read recently and it's just like they've just gone yeah i was Mm. I, i i i loved football as a lad Next thing I knew, I'd been signed to Manchester United's youth team. After a yeah. few months there, I got my chance. It felt great walking out <laughs> Old Trafford for the first time. That turns <laughs> turns out I was on the radar of England. Then I retired and became a publican. <laughs> All the best. Can a PDF invoice attached? And you're like, yeah. you haven't even tried. You haven't even looked up <laughs> your own history. And nor has your yeah. ghostwriter. And sometimes I think of the ghostwriter. And I think, imagine how hard it has been for them, like turning up, Peter, look, we've really got to get this book done. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We'll do the book. We'll do it. The publisher on my back. We're, we're six months late. Fine. Well, we'll do it now. Well, there's huge gaps. Um, for instance, your whole period at Derby County, we've not touched upon. Well, what can I tell you? I signed for Derby. Um, I had to take a bit of a pay cut. I can't remember who the manager was. I can't remember when my debut was, but just say it was a good time and I had a connection with the fans. It's your job to get that out of the Rothmans yearbook. Yeah, exactly, but I can't. Okay, it says here your your debut was against Stoke City in a League Cup game. Do you have any memories of that? No, none whatsoever. No, none at all. No, they all become a blur. (laughs) But you agreed to do the book. You have to give me something, Peter. Well, I would argue, what are you being paid for? But what did you feel like? What did I feel like? I felt like a goalkeeper who was being paid Doing to stop goals going in. Well, you know, if that's a feeling, I don't know if there's a word for it. Maybe the Germans have a fancy word for it. For me, it's just called doing your fucking job. Next question. <laughs> I just remembered recently, you know, that Kevin Keegan book. Mm. That went to 50 episodes. Lovely. But because of the detail, the electric (laughs) mouse, his brain is electric too, not just his body. His brain is electric. For him to remember all those things about Fred Leatherland, playing with the dead bodies in the fucking Undertakers, you know, the dead mouse. (laughs) Running running to Rotherham or whether it was back again. Yeah, the the, the dead mouse that was in an old sofa. Um, The shit that happened in Germany. Trading trading meat with his German teammates. Buying the light fitting for Laurie McMenemy. That's what we're there for, right? Exactly, exactly. That's what we're there for. What do they say? The universe in a cup of water. Do you know what I mean? Like, I the more think... detail... We want the detail. And sometimes, as far as top, like time machine is concerned, the more mundane the detail, the better. 
I think we could go back into that Keegan book, do it again, and it will be a completely different odyssey. Yeah. It'd be like one of those choose your own adventure things where yeah. we go off at completely different areas. Such a great book, but, uh, but not gonna... they're not easy to come by, those ones. They're, they're no. famous ones. Like I read that once upon a time, I can't remember if I told you this, but me, my brothers and I, we bought the rights to Stan Bowles' book, right? It was just called Brilliant. Stan the Man. And my brother yeah. Caspian, such a big QPR fan, Stan Bowles was a big uh, hero of his, and he got to know him a bit because uh, just, right. you know, from hanging about QPR, making himself busy, he, uh, <laughs> he, got, he got to know Stan Bowles. <clears throat> and we bought the rights off him. And the idea was that I was supposed to write the script, adapting the book, something I'd never done before. I was, pr- I was pretty young. I was just starting in journalism. And my brother Theo was supposed to direct it, but um, it was a lot of fun just reading the book and trying to turn that into the early stages of script, just like a treatment, really. Yeah. And it was it was a book that didn't have a big, you know, it had been published in the early eighties. It wasn't. It was years out of print. We managed to get a battered old secondhand copy, but sometimes it's the ones like that that are like filled with all the fucking gems and there's famous ones. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you go into any bookshop and you'll probably see like Stephen Gerrard's, Frank Lampard's, Rio Ferdinand's and most of them I've read, don't know if I read Gerrard's, I've definitely read Ferdinand's. Some of them are pretty dull to be honest. Then you got I've s- got no desire to read any Premier League era players' autobiographies. Yeah, they don't. Because they're all so, they're all so professional at, the, at yeah. their game. Rio, Rio the only is, twist is, could be is is the only twist could be if they've had any kind of like major trauma in their life, i.e., drinking or gambling. Yeah, but then you know there's no fun. Well, in that. I tell you, probably the best one that I've read in terms of being really human and opening up, and you're probably going to say Tony Adams or Paul Mercer or something. It's Ian Wright's. Ian Wright's book oh, yeah. is fucking brilliant, and I tell you why. It's not just the story of a brilliant footballing career by a charismatic bloke it's a social cultural history mate he he mm, writes about yeah. the experience of growing up young black man in london in the 70s and 80s right and it takes in everything from politics to housing to music to fashion right yeah drugs right uh so much fucking stuff that you could take the football out of it and it would still be a mm. really compelling but it's about a lot of it's about youth culture like I read Eddie yeah. Pillar's book when I had COVID, and that's about youth culture in the same period. Really, it was, it was quite interesting. But Ian Wright gives you just as much insight to what it was like being young in London in the seventies and eighties, yeah. uh, and and also there is a lot of trauma in his life. I mean, he was he was mm. like he had a, a mum and a stepdad who, uh, let's put it this way, not very nice, <laughs> right? Yeah, and he is really <laughs> fucking. Like, and then they're just mad shit. He got, I think he got banged up at one point, which is not that well known, but for like something trivial, like parking tickets or something like that, you know. Right. Uh, he's fucking done the lot, Ian Wright. And I've always loved him anyway, but when you read this book, I tell you what, you love him 10 times more because he lived the life, he lived the life of just a normal bloke. That was, those were the days where you weren't just spotted at fucking, you know, three years old and incubated in a fucking football training compound for exactly. the rest of your life. Yeah. He'd lived a fucking really, like, adventurous, up-and-down, traumatic life and fun life as well in other ways. You know, like, and then suddenly, relatively late, bang, he's playing in the FA Cup final for Palace. Mm. 
I wonder if, um, I wonder if that's that's worthy of turning into a script. Feels like it is. Yeah, I know oh, he well, did the documentary about his life. It was a two-parter, I think. Yeah, I don't know really if I even saw that, but there's it's loads. By the rights, there's loads. There's loads of stuff in there. I don't think it's diveable for us because although there are funny moments, it's like it's not quite. They're funny, yeah, I, funny. They're I think. Funny I think. I think, Stan, I think Stan the man is diveable. Like Stan Bowles, fuck me. Him and his his best mate was Don Shanks. Do you remember a player called Don Shanks from yeah. Simpsons? That was his best friend. And they both had what can only be described as chronic gambling problems. <laughs> yeah. Well, they used to go into the bookies at 10 to 3, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Allegedly. And he'd, and he'd do things like he'd come in from a night out with his QPR kit on under a sort of a trench coat with a fag on the go and walk down the tunnel and literally put the fag out just as he was coming out of the tunnel. And you could yeah. sometimes see it on the big match. He'd be stubbing something out as he walked out. <laughs> but, like, the, one of the best things they did was they bought an old ambulance, which still had a working siren <laughs> from, like, a scrapyard. <laughs> and they would use it to get around London to avoid traffic. If they were trying to get to the dog track for a particular race, but they were running late, they'd just whack the siren on and just fucking cut through, like, bus lanes or wherever they fucking wanted to get over to the dog track. Him and Don Shanks. This is when they were on the big match every week. They were seriously famous he played for England and they'd just be fucking going around some battered old ambulance pretending to be the, the emergency services in order to get that, to dog that, tracks on time that's always a genius move buying an old service vehicle for your own ends who else did that remember who bought a London taxi um, put a bloke Noel doll Edmonds, in the passenger seat classic Noel play <laughs> classic bit of Noel play that <laughs> and you know uh, that Noel Edmonds also had a, a mannequin or a blow-up doll, a sex doll, in the in the cab with him. Yeah, in the passenger seat, Which yeah. he dressed up and yeah. actually gave a personality to to trick the press into thinking he had a girlfriend. <laughs> D- D- Dolores. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing it. That. He claims he did it to toy with the, with the boys from the press. <laughs> <laughs> the boys from the press pack. Yeah. We had a love-hate sort of relationship. They were really tickled when they realised that Dolores was just a sex doll. The question that was everyone's what... lips was, did you ever fuck her? Well, that's for me to know and to take to my grave with me. Put it this way, she was always fully clothed when she was in the vehicle with me. <laughs> Most of the time. Um, let's have a look at this Roy the Rover, shall we? Uh, right. Yeah, so Melchester have won the FA Cup. So it's like a wraparound cover, the front and back page open out into a poster, which, you know, if you want to put that on your wall, then go for it. Uh, thankfully, the person who owned this issue originally hasn't done that. So on the front, we see uh, Roy and Blackie together uh, doing the lap of honour, holding the FA Cup between them, and um, some fans and whatnot in the crowd. Hooray! Good old Roy! And then someone in a Melchester tracksuit is watching on and says, well done, lads. I don't know who that is. It looks like Vic Guthrie, but it can't be Vic Guthrie. Don't know. Don't know. And there's even a policeman waving, which is uh, unusual. I think the police are supposed to be neutral, aren't they? Fucking police can't. That's be a great question. If we were if we were on Talksport right now, it would be a great question. Like, have you ever seen a policeman celebrate or commiserate 
for a particular team and what yeah. is the etiquette around that? I mean, obviously it's not shrewd because it's going to make people fucked off. But, you know, I suppose if you're in a particular locality, like my brother reckons that he was in the 80s, he was walking outside St. James's Park, a QPR, Newcastle at St. James's Park, and they'd gone up on coaches and there was some sort of alley they were walking down afterwards back to coaches and these Geordies were trying to get at them and they were chucking stuff at them and there was a police cordon and one Geordie came up really close and lobbed a brick at my brother's mate and it gashed his head open and the bloke didn't even run he just stood there behind the police so my my brother said that he went oi that geezer there and pointed right at him he just fucking threw a brick in my mate's head look and he reckons that the Geordie policeman said sirs you're right you cockney cunt yeah i mean yeah <laughs> well that, that makes sense i mean it doesn't I, i'm not plotting. i'm not going to say it's a good thing but obviously well, the policeman is a geordie the fans are geordies of course the policemen in newcastle are going to support newcastle because it's only got one club and it was the 80s different times and so he's <laughs> like well you shouldn't come to our city you shouldn't come here you shouldn't come here yeah. should you if you don't want a brick well, in your well, head <laughs> If if the tables were turned and it was you know a West Ham fan throwing a brick at a Geordie, no, that outside. Def- no, the Met. I mean, the Met are awful and should be disbanded. But they're a different breed of cunt, and you don't get the same tribalism in London with the old Bill. They wouldn't go, "Serves you right, you Geordie cunt." They'd right. they'd be doing something else. They'd go, "Have you seen any black people around yeah. that we can harass?" Yeah, <laughs> While I mean, they did come up and join in during the minor strike as well. Yeah, I mean, that was, that the, the Metropolitan Police are just are, are, are awful, but there's not the same, because there's so many clubs in London, I don't think, you, you never see a partisan Met officer. The right. worst the worst police, for sure, at the football I've ever experienced, and it's not a one-off, it's repeated, because I've been there lots of times with more than one club, is the West Midlands Police, who, as you'll recall, history <laughs> fans, do have a uh, a bit of a record for being dodgy, like bagging up random Irish people. And, um, yep. yeah, the, the police at Villa are fucking mad. If you ever go to Villa Park, like, you you can get nicked or thrown out just for standing up and shouting something like, ref, fuck's sake, ref. Right, you, you're out. Cut, no, come, you're out, right, battered him. And they just fucking move. <laughs> they, they are no fucking nonsense in Birmingham, mate. Unbelievable. Battered him. Battered him. We've warned him once. Fucking he stood hell. up. There's no standing up here now. You're not in London now. Uh, You're God. in Brum. And you're going to get battered, you cockney bastard. Jalapeno. Jalapeno. If aliens came down to planet Earth and, and just isolated football, the entirety of football, yeah. and looked at it, they'd just, they'd just think what it's the, all deranged. What the fuck's this? All of Nonsense. it for so many different reasons, so many aspects of football. Yeah. It's just fucking ludicrous. But uh, we love it so Mm. And we um, when it's good, when it's good, it's great. And I'll be watching Man City versus Real Madrid tonight because that is. uh, Would you say that that prospect is a sumptuous one, Andy? (laughs) I'm channeling John Fashionu in that um, footballers come dine with me episode. I I, I don't know. I'm probably going to watch Middlesbrough Coventry in the Championship playoff Mm, semi final. It might be a bit too painful for you to watch the other one. Uh, I'm all right. You know, we we. 
we um, overachieved massively this season. So to even get into the playoffs was ludicrous. But yeah, um, a good adventure. I'd like to see Atletico Minter's Bob Mortimer get to the yeah the final. Yeah, yeah, and uh, hopefully back to Luton. Um, so I might I'll probably watch. That. I might just flip between the two. I don't know. I don't know. But two matches on at the same time. That's nice. It's a nice option to have. But um, anyway, Melchester, yeah. So on the on the what, yeah the front page, who else is that? That looks like Rob Richards as well. He's carrying the base of the FA Cup. Hey, ah, Rob, you can carry the base. Don't fucking lose it. Don't smash it. Um, Neville Jones is there, and then on the back page, it continues a procession of Melchester players, and uh, the fans are singing, "We won the cup. We won the cup." E-I-I-D-O, we won the cup. Um, has that ever been sung E-I-I-D-O. by fans at a football match? <laughs> it should be. I like it. It reminds yeah. me a little bit of Dexys when they went through their sort of Celtic um, Celtic yeah. folk period. It's a bit come on Eileen, isn't it? Two Rye. Yeah. In fact, wasn't well, the album was called Two Rye? Two Rye is the album, yeah. yeah. Two Rye. We won the cup. Well, is this like EIA? It's the farmer's in his den, wasn't it? Was that the original nursery rhyme? Yeah, EIA. The farmer's in his den. The farmer's in his den. Don't know the rest of it. It's just just EIA or the farmer's in his den. Isn't it in Goodfellas? The farmer takes a wife. The farmer takes a wife. I'm sure there's a scene in Goodfellas. If it's not Goodfellas, it's another sort of Italian American gangster movie where there's a wedding. And they're all singing to that tune a description right. of what's happening. So they go, the bride is in her dress. The bride is in her dress. And then they're going, the husband kisses the bride. The husband kisses the bride. The bride that. does a dance. The bride. Does. I'm pretty sure I haven't dreamt that. Uh, so I don't okay. know if that's a tradition amongst the mafia community. Uh, do, do they sing Eiadio as well? Yeah, but it's weird that they would choose that. Did it? Did it? Did it? And of course, in the wire, it's the uh, tune that um, what's his name, Omar, the uh, the the gangster robber, um, mm. whistles to announce his arrival in on the scene. He'll always be whistling. Yeah. Which to yeah. me, if you're a robber, it seems strange to have a signature theme tune that you announce yourself with because you should be trying to be covert, shouldn't you? I think so. Yeah, so it's a, it's it's embedded then in uh, crime culture, and there's also some singing going on. Rovers, Rovers, uh, goalkeeper Walter Williams, who has come up, overcome his his nerves and shyness, uh, which of course is a curse. It is a curse. Uh, he's he's wearing the lid of the FA Cup on his head like a hat. Uh, perhaps he's drunk by now. I don't know. Uh, but there they are, and then we go. So it's just two pages inside this week. But, but Andy, but when that's you, fine because we've when you win a cup. I mean, all I've yeah. really seen. Well, I saw us win the Intertoto Cup, and that was a bit of a blur. I was in Mets, and I don't know. I can't quite remember what we did. But um, you know, I've seen us win playoff finals, which is pretty exciting because yeah. it's a big thing to win a playoff final. But if yeah. we ever like West Ham, could probably won't but could win the Conference League, which to us would be a big deal because we haven't really won a proper trophy in in most yeah. most of my life. And uh, I don't think I'll be there because it's in Prague and it's a 20,000-seater. But do you ever... <laughs> That's ridiculous. I know, it's madness. Do you ever wonder... 
I mean, you, you can't tempt fate. But like Sunderland have been to at least one cup final in recent. Well, I say in recent times in 1992, which in my mind is quite recent. Yeah, have they been to another one since then? We got to the the Carling Cup in 2014. Got beat off Man City. Right. Yeah. Do you ever imagine what's what you personally, not the fans as a whole, but what you, Andy Dawson, will do or would do should Sunderland win the cup? Fuck. It's hard know. to know, isn't it? You just don't know. I mean, we kind of got a bit of a glimpse of that when we won the League One playoff final at Wembley last year mm. because that there was a cup involved in that. You do get yeah. a cup and there is a kind of a lap of honour afterwards. But... Um, I can't remember what we did at the end. It was probably just, yeah, just fucking elation. It's elation. But if it's a, I mean, like I say, I've seen us win the playoff final a couple of times and that's great. But there's something about, say, a a trophy, like an FA Cup, League Cup, a European trophy. I've never seen it happen. We were, I was five when we won the FA Cup. It's like, I don't know what I'd do. I don't think, I'm not suggesting that I'd do something insane. But I just don't know. I don't know. You never know what's inside you until the moment you, arrives. Think, the the reckoning arrives. The pitch, huh? <laughs> you think you might invade the pitch? Oh, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, I we would. But I'm just wondering whether I might, <laughs> I don't know, throw myself off a building in the spirit of, well, it's never going to get better than this or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope you don't do that. No, I think that's unlikely. You know, that feels extreme. We're going to like scale the exterior oh, of Wembley. We've beaten Basel in the cup in the Conference League final. <laughs> this is the greatest moment of my life. I'm checking out. <laughs> TTFN dickheads. <laughs> he, he died. Was some kind of self he, he was some kind of self styled mental health yeah, expert, he, apparently. He, he died because he loved the European Conference League <laughs> so much oh god anyway oh man we're almost at the end of the fucking episode we haven't looked at what's going on in the mm. in the meat of the story uh, I always feel as though we shouldn't bother now and just do two next time oh, let's do it the FA Cup final between Melchester Rovers and Walford had been one of the toughest and closest finals in history only a last minute goal by Neville Jones had separated the two sides of course Neville Jones rattled it in off the crossbar right at the end uh, no one had battled harder than Joe Bellamy the Walford captain and club cunt and also Roy's bitter rival um, <laughs> uh, they're all standing there Walford watching Rovers doing their lap of honour and uh, one of uh, Walford's players says to Joe Rich wanted us to go on the lap of honour with them, didn't he, Joe? Joe Bellamy, of course, Roy Rees did. That was the massive power play at the end of the last issue. Come on, come on the lap of honour with us, Joe. Uh, he said, uh, oh, it was decent of him, but it's Melchester's moment of glory. Let them enjoy it while they've got a chance. We'll be back next year. And they're uh, addressing their own fans there. Walford, Walford, good old Joe. Um, I sincerely hope Walford get relegated next season. I suspect they will do. Um, later, after the Rovers had escaped from their ecstatic fans, were in a state of ecstasy. They got. Um, they they look like we did when your when your fucking cousin gave him the, those tablets last summer. 
when he invited us to that party in a field. I can't see it taking off. But I tell you what, <laughs> fucking hell, I never felt, I've never felt like that before in my life. I hope I never do again. What have they got? What have they got Mitsubishi on for? What's that about? What's that? What's the connection there? Does it make you want to drive? I don't know. He gave him me Blackie's cousin, and uh, I thought to myself, "Well, in for a penny, in for a pound." I haven't got pre-season training for a few weeks. Let's see what happens. Fuck here now. My mouth were dry. My eyes were like saucers. I couldn't <laughs> stop fucking dancing. It was, it was got bizarre. Everyone. I was hugging Blackie. Blackie tried to fucking kiss me. Luckily, I had just enough sanity left in me to push him away. But um, no, it was a it was a strange experience. Blackie came up from behind, wrapped his arms around me, lifted me up in the air, threw me down on the ground, started tickling me. It were amazing. <laughs> and I wanted to it, it say wrong, stop, but also but right. I, I could not stop laughing. I was laughing and laughing and laughing. And I didn't want to be, but I just did. I might just encourage Blackie to keep doing it. <laughs> he kept yeah. saying, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? And robbing me tummy. <laughs> and then I started to I, I am, was howling. I, I was going, I'm a good boy. Roy's a good boy. And he was going, that's right. You are a good boy. And he just went on and on. In the end, everyone was gathered around watching. <laughs> <laughs> then I started asking him for sausages and then he went on for an hour and a half I thought he'd disappeared he came back with sausages on me and I ate the lot <laughs> raw he cooked them and everything <laughs> it was a fucking Best it was Sunday I tell you Uh Later, after the Rovers had escaped from their ecstatic fans, Roy's been interviewed by uh, a TV uh, interviewer. And I'd like to pay tribute to the players and fans of Walford. If I had my way, we would have shared this cup. Oh, God, he's on the ecstasy again. <laughs> Fuck. Why not? Why can't we just share things in this life? <laughs> Why couldn't both teams just play in the same kit and maybe play without a ball? I don't know. It's something to think about, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> maybe football's all wrong. That's generous of you, Roy, says the presenter. But I'm sure even Walford fans would like another look at the winning goal. I'm sure Walford fans wouldn't like another look at the winning goal, actually, mate. Uh, care to talk us through it, Neville? No. Neville's there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it speaks for itself. <laughs> Neville's got a, a bobble hat on. Uh, sure. And uh, we see him hitting it in off the crossbar. Wahoo! Get in there! That's him talking us through it. Ha, 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 ha! Shout someone else. And then the interview continues, and there's Melchester players in the background larking around, and one of them's pulled his bobble hat down over his, his face. It could be Vic Guthrie. It's probably Noel Baxter, to be quite honest. Yeah, sounds like his sort of fucking, fucking, fucking vibes. Cunt. Uh, Roy, it's been a long, hard and controversial season for you. You and your players must be looking forward to a complete break from football. A holiday in the sun. Uh, Roy says, holiday? You must be joking. <laughs> We're going after another trophy now. The Brit Air Indoor Six-A-Side Soccer Championship starting next Wednesday. Whoa. Big plot twist. For that. Plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> he often does and this, course, this at, the end of a at the end of a season. He often announces all of a sudden a massive elaborate plan that's already been totally sorted that we haven't heard about. That's yeah. obviously been going on in the background. And he always announces it in one of those special like 
things where he's looking straight into the camera. Yeah. At the yeah. reader. We're going it's to a like, tournament in Crete. I've organised a rugby tournament against some men some men in New Zealand. It's for charity, <laughs> but there's a high chance one of us might die. Tune in next week, readers. <laughs> of course. Well, it was the cricket match, wasn't it, yeah. a couple of seasons ago? It's always, and in, yeah. a, in the 70s one, there's a great thing where he goes to America to play for a, a team in the MLS for a whole Ooh. summer and he discovers he has his eyes open to loads of innovations which actually do come true like VAR and this is in 70s right. yeah and um, wow and then another one he goes off it's always some ex-player who's gone off abroad I'm, when I retired I moved mm. away and started trying to get work abroad so another that was why he went to America and another one moves to the Middle East and says Roy can you come over and do a charity game for this league I've got started in the Middle East and he goes over there and he gets kidnapped obviously as soon as he fucking gets there he's kidnapped <laughs> and held to ransom ah oh, you must be my kidnapper yes yes I am uh, Arab, please get in car like I said scarf I assume you're here to kidnap me correct <laughs> <laughs> I had a strong oh, feeling so- this would happen that's why I brought these cyanide pills that I got off uh, Blackie's cousin First sign you try to start getting me to grass up Her Majesty the Queen, bang, I'm popping this in and saying TTFN. It's been a check it out. It's been a hell of a ride, but it's time for old Roy to fucking go to the other side. <laughs> I'm jumping off the top of the metaphorical building because <laughs> we've won the cup. <laughs> but the six aside tournament though used to be an absolute highlight in the eighties. Yeah. Because it used to be on sports night. First team players in your six society team. Night. It was great. Yeah. Andy, is yeah. any of that on YouTube? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure. I looked ages ago and it, well, it kind of wasn't, but maybe it has been added because YouTube can be updated at any time. <laughs> in um, real time. It was called Soccer Six, wasn't it? Yeah. But I think there must soccer have been luck ones because there was one called the Evening Standard Soccer Six. Maybe that was different. Oh, yes, there is some. 1986 final day highlights. 1990, God, went on that far. Birmingham City versus Ipswich Town. In the final. The Atari, the Atari Soccer Six. Oh, we should deep dive it. Atari. We should deep dive the entire tournament. Because <laughs> so many funny things happen. Do you know what I mean? There's all little fights and stuff like that, isn't there? Yeah. They've only got snatches of it. They haven't got the full tournament, but uh, we'll, we'll have a look and see if we can do Bring back excellent. soccer but fucking yeah, it was six. massive. Although don't, and because was, fucking City would win that as well and it would just be pointless. Well, they, they did. They brought back the Masters, didn't they, a few years ago, which was kind of their attempt oh, yeah. to bring it back. But it was all ex-retired players and mm. shit like that, so not as good. No, to have yeah, watching first actual first-team players doing six-a-side was brilliant. Yeah. Um, oh, one hour and one minute of Soccer Six, nineteen eighty-six, introduced by Steve Ryder. Oh, that could be watchable. <laughs> Steve Ryder. That could Steve, be watchable. Hey, Steve Ryder uh, bought me half a lager once. Did he? Yeah, I Just might. Half. I might. Is that all you wanted? Uh, I think I, I was there to work at BBC. Um, it, it was the day where I went behind the scenes at Match of the Day, but we went into right. the club. And that with the press guy, and we were just waiting for someone or something. And Steve Ryder sauntered in and went, "Hi!" And he was right smoothie. Oh, hi! And I got mm. introduced, and he said, "I'm about to have a beer. Can I interest you in one?" 
And I was quite young and there to work. So I went, I'll have half a lager, please, Steve Ryder. And he went, fine. He looked me up and down a bit and said, weird guy. <laughs> went, you don't I'm, want a pint? Got himself and the other guy a pint. And I was there. I was like a callow youth nursing my half a skull. You can- What's the matter? Are you driving? You can have a pint and still drive, you know. What's the matter? Are you, the are you ill? Are you dying? Your tablets? <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Uh, because it's going to take forever. We'll leave it just on the brink of the Soccer 6 tournament. It might mean that next time we go Soccer 6 and beyond into the following issue. There's an excellent one coming up in a couple of weeks. I've just been looking ahead where Roy... Uh, delves into the world of video uh, assessment of another footballer. <laughs> I um, can't wait for this. Well, that's all I'm going to tell you for now. We'll be back next time with more of this, uh, whatever it is. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>